Okay, my garnish is not going to be beautiful, but That's you know right. what? Don't Whatever. Worry about it. We can we can do, do it anyway. Don't worry about it. Yes, we can. We can go anyway. Let's go. How do I fix the hair and everything? It's going to be fine. Oh my. <laughs> Hey everybody, I'm Kai Rizdal. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. It is Friday, 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 the fourth day of uh, August. It is indeed, and I am Kimberly Adams. Thank you for joining us, everyone, for Economics on Tap, our weekly happy hour. The YouTube live stream is up and running. We've got news, a game, and drinks. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do all the things. Go ahead. Hi, it's your turn. Well, I couldn't. I know it was my turn, but I was taking a sip of my beer. That's why we have videos. So you Ooh. can see that you don't. Well, I couldn't because you know I was scrambling at the last minute. Okay, that's true. All right, that's true. All right, so now we will do. We will do drinks. Uh, we will do the news. We will do all that stuff. So yours sounds fancy. I don't have your picture up on my iPad here for some. Dumb that's reason. okay. What are you drinking? Well, um, oh gosh, what is it called? I think it's called a dragon something. Gosh, you guys, we put it in the newsletter. Help me out here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's been so long <laughs> since they put it in. It's called a dragon warmer, and it's a fruit cocktail, and it's supposed to be made warm. And I did make it warm, but it's also summer, and so I'm. Oh man! I've got it in a shaker with ice that like instantly wow. melted. Um, but it's got apple juice, dark rum. The apple juice, I like boiled cinnamon sticks and lemon slices in it. And then it's got like a lemon as a garnish, but it didn't stay on the glass nicely. So it's sitting in the bottom of the glass. Um, that, that but it's basically rum and apple tasty. juice. Yeah. It's not terrible. We'll that see. sounds quite tasty with, with cinnamon and, and a, little, uh, yeah. a little lemon. It's like I almost, a winter drink in the summer. There yeah. you go. There you go. I, I almost went with a bourbon and ginger this afternoon, but I just uh, I didn't feel like dealing with it, which I know is ridiculous because it's like a two part drink and you have like 77 parts every time. So whatever. <laughs> no, no, what no, it's fine. Ever. Do what do, do what makes you happy. And uh, I, for what it's worth, I, Kai, you can't see. What? But Jasper is staring directly at you. <laughs> well, good. Let's hope you recognize my voice to... by now. I mean, you know, well, well he, can't he can't hear, hear you. Me, He's. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, he's know. deaf and I'm on headphones, but also, like, I think he's, he definitely shows up whenever he can stare at your face. So I think you've got a fan. Oh, well, that's fair. Let, well, let's hope so. Mm. I, uh, uh, so I was going to do a bourbon and ginger. I didn't. I went to the back of the fridge and pulled out a beer that the kids got me for Father's Day. They got me a case of beer, mm. mixed and match IPAs. So I'm having uh, a Double Dale's, a Double IPA, Imperial IPA. Uh, from Oscar Blues Brewery in uh, originally Longmont, Colorado. Now it's spread a bunch of places. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's uh, it's a little uh, tangy is the word I would use. Tangy. I would say tangy. Yes. Okay. Well, let's have a look uh, so in the YouTube uh, chat. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. So Terry's got a classic phone gin phone. and tonic. You know how I feel about gin. Um, mm -hmm. John Voss has a Diet Coke. And Vian was asking what kind of cinnamon did I use. It was a cinnamon stick that I boiled it with. And um, I don't remember because I think the cinnamon stick is probably like five years old. And I do not remember from whence it came. <laughs> so in other news, there are different kinds of cinnamon. Oh, yeah. There's lots of different. I mean, kind of like where uh, what country it comes from. Wow. I think there are actually different species of the cinnamon tree, if I'm not mistaken. But I've never gotten that fancy into it. So I, I can't such a I can't even begin to I'm such a noob. <laughs> 
you have expertise right. in other things. I have in, expertise in, in cocktails. Areas, right. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Diana White. Diana White, where are you? Sitting outside, she writes, drinking whiskey and watching the Blue Angels buzz over. That's pretty nice. Where are you? Where are the blues today? It's, is this the middle of their season? They're doing like a summer season, right? This is warm-ups, so they're probably like out in El Centro or maybe in Pensacola, right? Where are we, August? Yeah, they haven't even started yet. I will keep my eye uh, on, the, uh, on the feed here to see where the Blue Angels are. Um, anyway. See, and I see, oh, somebody's got oh. a Brooklyn Brewery pulp, pulp Art Hazy IPA that, that Steve is. from New Jersey is drinking. Um, it's an IPA, so I thought you might like that. Yeah. Diana White is on Mercer Island in Washington. I guess the Blues are up there training? I don't know. Is there an air show, Diana? You tell me. This is a whole lot of interaction with the chat, so those of you who are listening to this later, I'm, I'm really sorry. Yeah, I'm really you know, sorry. Maybe they'll cut it out anyway. in post. That's right. <laughs> no, uh, why would they do that? All right, let's, uh, let's do some news. You get to go first. Yes. Um, well, just a follow-up on the story that we've been talking about, about uh, Senator Tuberville holding up all of these confer- Senate confirmations for... Oh, my God, we have the same link, the- and I didn't even notice. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Well, well, then I'm going to defer to you as a veteran. Okay. Why don't you go? You go ahead. Well, it's just deeply, 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 deeply irritating. So uh, my, my cue here was a tweet from Orrin Lieberman, who's the Pentagon correspondent for CNN. And he posted oh, a picture so which hangs on the... Yeah, he posted a picture that hangs in the E-ring of the Pentagon, the outermost ring where all the fancy offices are because they're the ones that have the nice views outside, um, of uh, the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And so you've got the chairman and the vice chairman up on top. And then uh, the six branch chiefs uh, on the bottom. And two of them are blank, right? Commandant of the Marine Corps uh, is blank. And uh, the chief of staff of the Army retired today. So that's blank. The CNO, the chief of naval operations, retires in two weeks. That'll be three. And Senator Tuberville, for reasons that escape me, actually, they don't. I mean, I understand why he's doing it. I disagree with why he's doing it. I know. I disagree with why he's Mm -hmm. doing it. But... um, uh, refuses to let any uh, Pentagon promotions or confirmations go through. Obviously, officers in the United States military have to be approved by the Senate. Usually, it's a formality, except for the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, which gets a roll call vote. But all the rest of them usually uh, get, you know, unanimous consent. And Tuberville's holding that up. And I just, I know I've said this before, but it's, it's, I'm bewildered by the way the Congress of the United States, specifically the Senate, is behaving on this. Truly. So True. the Politico article that I have has just a couple of really interesting points. So as of Friday, there were 301 senior military officers caught up in Tuberville's hold, ranging from the nominees to lead the Army, Marines, Navy to the next chair of the Joint Chiefs. The blockade is also holding up command changes for the 5th and 7th fleets, which run naval Mm -hmm. operations in the Middle East and the Pacific, the next leaders of the Defense Intelligence Agency, and the Air Force's Combat Command. In the 120 years since the Army Chief of Staff position was created, there's only been one time a three-month period in 1972 when a general performed the role without Senate confirmation. And let's remember that the whole reason for Senate confirmation of these military posts is to maintain the balance of power, you know, the checks and balances and make sure that the Congress has a say in what the military does since the president's commander-in-chief. And um, this doesn't bode well for that. But you know, the other thing I noticed in this piece is that, you know, there are all these people who want to retire and feel like they yeah. can't, and then they are anyway now, but also the people who are forced to step in when folks retire are essentially yep. doing these jobs without the pay bump. And so that's not fair either. 
Yeah. L- let me let me try to explain this sort of in layman's terms. And so we've got, as Kimberly mm. said, 300-ish or so really senior military officers uh, whose confirmations, that is to say the, the, the appropriate blessing by the government of the United States for them to have this job and to know that they have the full faith and, and authority of the American government behind them when they go into negotiations with foreign uh, counterparts, when they make strategic decisions, when they make, in the case of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, formal military recommendations to the president. Imagine if uh, big companies in this economy, P&G and, and um, Mondelez and, and banks and J.P. Morgan and take your pick, didn't have anybody actually who was blessed by the board of directors to be in charge. What do you suppose mm. would happen to the strategic direction of that company, to the willingness of those under that person to follow uh, the directions and orders and guidance and strategy? Because, you know, who knows how long they're going to be there. This is a real strategic faux pas, I think, by Senator Tuberville, uh, and it and it has lasting implications. And that, to answer a question in, in the chat, is why it matters. You can't do the job in these jobs, right? If you, So look, mm. if you're uh, an 05 Navy officer, that is to say a commander in the United States Navy, and you are uh, filling in as a squadron commander because the boss is out of town or has retired and nobody's gotten around to naming a, a replacement, which doesn't really happen, but just bear with me, that's fine, right? The planes are going to fly and the junior officers are going to say, yes, Skipper, I'm going to go fly, and the maintenance guys are going to do what they have to do. But when you have people at this level who are responsible for multi-billion dollar budgets and hundreds of thousands of people, Wayne, it just doesn't do it. I, yeah, anyway. Anyway. There All right, go. so I knew that was gonna be kind of grim. So yeah. I wanted to yeah. pick something that was less so. Um, and it's moderately less grim. <laughs> so there's <laughs> oh, a- good. St- Yay for a Friday, be a little less (laughs) terrified of our future. Um, Story in CNN and a bunch of other places that Amazon deforestation, you know, like the clear cutting of the lungs of the planet is at a six year low. And it went down 66% in July. And it had a major drop last year, and it's continuing to drop and the Brazilian government um, there under uh, da Silva, Lula da Silva, um, says that they're going to get rid of deforestation in the rain, in the Amazon rainforest altogether. And they are doing That's all wild. sorts of things to try to make that happen. Um, I'm reading here from CNN. Brazil's environment minister, Marina Silva, said government policies, including increased surveillance and fining perpetrators, has played a big role in bringing rates of deforestation down. It is the end of the expectation of impunity, Silva told journals at a news conference. Mm. When you see the increase in operations, this creates a virtuous, virtuous cycle of no longer expecting impunity. And I think a lot of the language um, around, you know, trying to limit global warming and, and do things to combat climate change often present that the developing world is not developing world, um, the global south is sort of waiting on the west and the global north to do things. But many, many places are acting on their own, despite the lack of action hmm. by the global north and the west. And I thought this was encouraging. So 
That's yeah, no, I, look, I, I, I think you take your wins where you can get them. And mm -hmm. as we worry more, I hope we worry more after this summer about global warming and the planet changing, uh, mm -hmm. stuff like this is going to matter. You know, I, I, yeah. that's cool. That's great news. I'll, I'll take the win. Everything matters at this point. Yeah. All right. right. That is that's it exactly for the right. news. Yes. yes. Yeah. That is it for the news. We're going to take a break and then we're going to come back with Drew Jostad, who's going to lead us in a round of half full, half empty. And we will be right back. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org slash academy. I should say for a while I had your face covered on the screen, and that's when Jasper went Thank to you. lie down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. All right. Jasper's my buddy, man. Yeah. But now he's watching again because you can see. There we go. There we go. Look, I, look, I, I will know. take fans where I can get them. I have a certain vanity and I'm not below uh, sneaking and appealing to a cat. That's all I'm saying. Oh, There's God, some. Um, Let's move on. I'm trying to. Huh. No, I, I have I have a point on this. <laughs> um, There's oh, some oh, okay. um, little dog on social media, and I think it may be like a French bulldog or something. And apparently, this dog has like a crush on um, the guy who played Superman, but who's also in The Witcher. And there were all these like videos of this dog like running whenever he, he would come on camera and like staring at a little shrine to him and who knows, maybe the owner trained it, but it was like a very cute thing. And then I guess on some red carpet for the latest season of The Witcher, the dog got to meet this actor and it was all a thing and it was adorable. And so that's what this reminds me Oh my me. gosh, that's cool. Yeah. It was that's a thing. Cool. I'm sure so many Good in the stuff. chat or in Discord knows what I'm talking about, but will give me names of things that I forget. Of course. Anyway. <laughs> huh. Let's go. All right. So now uh, we are going to play half full, half empty. Uh, Drew Jostad is here and he's going to give us topics and we are going to let you know where we stand. And yeah, Drew, let's go. All right, first topic, are you half full or half empty on parental leave for grandparents? Oh, so this is an interview I did with a reporter of the Wall Street Journal who wrote a couple of weeks ago, and we were not prompt on picking this up, about some <laughs> companies, a very few companies here in the United States, but a lot of international companies, um, offering um, parent, grand parental leave, if you will, for uh, grandparents 
for, you know, a week, 10 days to bond with her grandchildren, uh, blah, blah, blah. It's sorry, that was dismissive. And, and as a guy who will be a grandparent sooner than probably anybody listening to this podcast or on this podcast or on the staff of this podcast, um, which is a whole different <laughs> podcast. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, I mean, you it, never know, man. Things happen. Well, you, you, you never know. You never know. Um, anyway, so um, it's companies recognizing the value of older workers, right? It's a demographics and the labor force story. It's um, wanting to keep those older workers who have a work ethic, who have institutional knowledge, and who have some wisdom to give to younger workers in this economy. And companies are, are uh, adopting it. And look, even though I am chronologically closer than many, uh, I'm half full. I think it's great. I'm half full as well because I think that we need to be better about building a sense of community and support for families. Um, because yeah. if we learned anything in the worst of the pandemic, it's that a lot of times parents are really left on their own. And if you've got yeah. grandparents who are willing to step up and help, I think our society should should support them. So, yeah, yeah. half full. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Half full or half empty on FedNow instant payments. Oh, this was a fun story. Uh, well, I mean, it, it's not it purely fun. Story. It's super wonky, but it was a good, yeah, well, well done we story by our colleagues. Um, so this just means money ideally should move faster through the economy. And I'm half full. I mean, the rest of the world has been, I mean, the rest of the, you know, global north the Western mm -hmm. world. We got I got to figure out what the actual appropriate terms are these days because, you know, there are certain things we know is the wrong way to delineate it. I guess OECD countries, sure, whatever, uh, have been doing this for a while. The European Union's been doing it for a while. But, um, yeah, I think it's the federal government catching up with, I guess, Venmo. So, sure. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, look, I don't, I don't think – so, two things. I don't think Global North is the wrong uh, uh, nomenclature because that kind of works. Mm -hmm. But also, we should recognize that a lot of um, financial in innovation – has come from developing countries, rather, excuse me. And I'm thinking yeah. specifically of, of um, God, was it Nigeria? And it, I, think I think it was, it called was Kenya. Kenya, oh, maybe. Right, about called a specific Kiva. one. But yeah. in Africa, but, but in they, general, they right, did a lot right. of text-based and cell phone-based right. um, instant payments and, and payment bankless systems, right. um, payment like, systems like that 10 were years incredibly ago. I mean, like a long innovative. Time ago. Yes. Yeah. yes, for sure. Right. So so we I mean, you know, honestly, the central bank and the biggest economy in the world is is way behind the power curve. Um, so anyway. Yeah. That. So somebody in the chat asked, does this apply to all of us or just for federal payments? Banks have the option of whether or not they right. want to sign on to this service. And so a bunch of banks have many banks have not. There's uh, as was reported in the story, there's some startup costs. You know, you have to train your staff to know mm -hmm. how to deal with it. And, and there's a bunch of technical stuff on the back end. So, no, it's not everyone. Um, and but I think eventually there's going to be some version of this forever. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of people in the chat saying, yes, it was uh, Kenya that was doing it mm -hmm. um, for quite some time in New Zealand for years. It's been instant payment. Um, let's see. Expat Mike says I send money from Japan to USA and it's in my bank account within 24 hours. Um, right. You know, so, yeah. Sorry, I'm <laughs> and just, I'm, I'm glad I'm, that I'm, people I'm, enjoyed my four. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually I've... pulling up the full screen. 
I'm pulling up the full screen on the Zoom, and and so it's you and me on video, and everybody else who's producing or you know actually making this podcast happen has their cameras off. But it's you and me, and and once again, and I know I said this before we turned the microphones on. You look fabulous. I look like crap. Anyway, you don't let look us like move crap. on. Don't shall worry. We? No, I do. I legit look like crap. I mean, you can see the sweat on my brow and whatever. Anyway, let's go, shall we, Drew? Please. People love Biden. Next. The Biden administration <sighs> is working on a cybersecurity certification program for smart home products that would tell you how vulnerable or secure they are for hacking. To hacking, are you half full or half empty? This was a really interesting interview on the tech show, um, basically creating a nutrition label type situation for Hmm. tech devices, um, basically looking at how recently it's been updated and and almost having an expiry date on its safety. And I thought that was really cool. Like there might end up being like a QR code on devices that you could check to see like when was when does it next need to be updated or when was it last Hmm. tested to see if it actually aligned with the latest standards. And I think that's a great idea because I like I, I went on Amazon like two years ago and I got I bought this motorization system for the curtains that are in my wow. um, bedroom because I, you know, I want to be fancy and I installed it and I got up there on the <laughs> ladder and I put it up, you know, whatever. But I bought the cheapest one I could. And I've yeah. always wondered, like, is how safe is it for, you know, can somebody hack into my curtains and open them? Like, not that anybody would care that much, but I would have loved to know. And so I think that um, I, that, that would be great to have. The person um, who was interviewed on tech did point out, though, that this is about security settings and not privacy settings, which is a nuance I hadn't thought about in that context yet. And yeah, that, that matters too, because it's one thing if you're secure from hackers. It's another thing how secure that device is from the owners and the company that makes it. Right, right, right. Hmm. I mean, look, there are vulnerabilities all over the damn place, right? All over the place. (sighs) All right, what's next? Half full or half empty on the room temperature superconductor. Oh, so Sabri did a story on this for us the other day. Um, There are some controversies. It is not um, um, universally accepted that this actually happened, but if... If we can get room temperatures superconducting, which is like maglev trains going a zillion miles an hour and all kinds of different things, that would be amazing. I'm half full on the prospect. I'm not actually anywhere close to to full on on the actual reality of it now. Science will develop, but not right now. That's my thought. So the, a couple of days after Sabri did that story, I saw another story where... Chinese researchers claim to have duplicated the experiment. I believe it, that it was South Korean researchers mm-hmm, who did the mm-hmm, first round. Mm-hmm. And yep. so supposedly some Chinese researchers say that they've duplicated the experiment um, simply on the base, basis of the fact that I want to live my optimistic Pollyanna world half full. Hmm. That's all I got. I know a no, lot of I, y'all I, experiencing I, a delay in the chat, and I'm really sorry oh. about the video and audio delay, but can't do anything about it didn't know anything about that that's that's go for it okay sorry oh no no go Mm. ahead we're all good i got the last topic here all right oh Oh, so last topic we do do this slowly (laughs) 
<laughs> Let me just say that Atira Hope writes in the comments, just looked up what Drew looks like. Sorry, Drew, if that freaks you out, man. Uh, just gonna happen. <laughs> just gonna happen. Wow, that was, that was a sigh. That was a sigh. You know, you know. Megan O'Hare says that the live stream has a very dubbed anime feel, and what? I know exactly what you mean. And I'm sorry that you're experiencing that, which is exactly the reason why I prefer subbed anime. Um, but I, anyway, I was just gonna say, let that, us that resonates move. with you, right? That, it that really did. Anime, there, yeah. <laughs> Totally. Yes, it did. All right. So uh, we are going to move on to this last topic. We'll give it some time since we know that there's a bit of a delay. Drew, hit us with the last topic and we will pause in our weighing in. All right. For this one, half full will mean that you think the vibe session is over. Half empty uh -oh. if you think that it persists. Okay. Oh, is there not an actual thing? We're just going to react to that. Well, the half empty is the if is the vibe session over. If half right, full or so, half empty. Okay. So let me set it up. So mm. we have talked a number of times over the past 18 months, 2 years with a woman named Kyla Scanlon who is as she bills herself uh, a content creator, an economics educator, uh, and now an author. She's got a book coming out. It's called In This Economy? Question mark. And you should buy it when it comes out. But uh, so Kyla is uh, oh my goodness. She's an omnivore on all things uh, economic and finance. She is an educator, as I said. She um, is on TikTok and, oh my goodness, Twitter and Insta and all the socials at Kyla Scan, K Y L A S C A N. And you should follow her because she explains stuff in a really marketplacey way. And as I think, uh, I don't know if Francesca is listening to this and you'll figure out who Francesca is when we get to the credits, for those of you who are new to this podcast. Um, she explains things in a very marketplacey way. And if we could hire her to do our social and our TikToks, we would, uh, but we can't. <laughs> so let me just recap. She but about, we do love our uh, social media and TikTok we, people now. We, we do, we, we absolutely do, we absolutely do. <laughs> But about six-ish, eight-ish months ago, she came up with this phrase called the vibe session, which is to say the general trend of the economy, even back six months ago, was toward the positive. Inflation was coming down. Job market was solid. Wage gains were good, but not good enough to make the Fed worry. Excuse me, beer burp. <laughs> excuse me, another Excuse me, another one. Um, look, hey, you, want, you want unfiltered doll, you get it on this podcast. Anyway, so <laughs> Kyla basically came up with this thing with the vibe session, which is to say the the vibes in this economy do not match the data. The data was that it was good and trending toward better, and yet people were upset. They were not feeling great. They were marginally pissed off, and they didn't get uh, any of the benefit. And now, conceivably, and we had Kyla on this week, um, the vibe session is over, which is to say people are now starting to understand that, to quote Gina Smilek on Marketplace this afternoon, good news can actually be good news. We can take full faith and credit, if you will, in the fact that unemployment is really low and wages are still solid and inflation is coming down. And so that's the jam on the vibe session. The vibe session is over and we're going to have a soft landing just to punctuate that. All right, so that's where I am. What else do we have? So one more time, Drew, 
the half full is that we think it's over and the half empty is we think it's not? Yeah. Okay. Um, we need more y'all to vote. There's only 96 96? votes right now. What are you people even doing? Yeah. Sorry. I love our Maybe listeners. Maybe they had too much to drink. Maybe they had some beer burps. I don't know. <laughs> Or maybe they're protesting against the delay. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I'm sorry about that, actually. <laughs> yes. We're going right. to just sit All right, here Wait, and, so, and so sit. wait. So, so there's a couple in here. Sorry to interrupt. There are a couple in mm-hmm. here who, who say it was confusing. So here's the deal. Drew, say it again. Half full. The vibe session is over. Which is to say, sorry, hang on. Which is to say the economy is good and things are going to get better, and we're not going to have a recession. Drew, continue. Half empty. We're still in the vibe session. Meaning, like, we Which still feel the, bad, even though things right. are even good. Though the da- yeah. Okay. The data is good. Right. Okay. Hmm. So this really gets at, I think, the whole reason that Marketplace exists, which is mm-hmm. that big macroeconomic data does not make sense to most people. And when you hear the headlines on a lot of traditional business and economic news outlets, that is these headlines that are designed for investors and designed Mm -hmm. for market watchers to make, to help them make more money on stocks and, and whatever else you want to spend money on. That's not the same kind of information you need to often go about your day-to-day life. And I think mm-hmm. that that's that's literally why we exist because we're yeah, having a yeah, totally yeah. different conversation on marketplace than we're having than they're having on CNBC, on Bloomberg, totally. in the Wall Street totally. Journal. But m- most people when they hear those headlines, which are all high energy and frantic and you got to do this now and Mm -hmm. buy, sell this, that, and the other, it creates this sense of anxiety, right? And so if that anxiety is there and then you have reasonably scary inflation layered on top of it, like, of course people are going to freak out. Um, Even if, you know, other data underlying it might be good. So I am going to say Oh yeah, why Amir says, okay, but my neighbor lost her job equals recession. I lost my job equals depression is real in spite of macroeconomic data. Yes, absolutely. And at this point, everybody knows or has personally experienced real pain from inflation. So even if the the data and and you're, even if you've gotten a raise, it hasn't kept up with inflation. So even Mm -hmm. if you're doing okay and you're surviving, you may feel like you're not doing as well as you were. And also, you know, the world burning around you, people are going to feel nervous. And I and so that is why I'm going to vote half empty. I don't think the vibe session is over. I think the vibe session might be over for economists who, as you said today in the weekly wrap, you know, people did not want to just believe that the economic data was good, even when the economic data was good and everybody's predicting recession is coming, recession is coming regardless. But I still think it's going to be a struggle for non-economic people, myself included, to separate what we're seeing people go through from the macroeconomic trends. That was a rant. Fair enough. 
That, no, no, it wasn't a rant. It was actually, it was exceptional. It was a great summation of, of what it is that we try to do uh, on this program. I need somebody in the Marketplace Slack to hit me with the results of this poll, because otherwise well, we Kimberly and I are going to have to do it. a little song. Let's close it, and Kimberly and I will do a little song and dance. Uh, do, and then, do, um, do, 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 do. Yeah, well, you don't ever dance. Phone here. I know I don't dance. You know why? Because I'm a terrible dancer. At the aforementioned, I believe on this podcast, Bacchanalia at my at my college roommate's 60th birthday party in northern Michigan two weeks ago, or whenever the hell it was, a long time ago, uh, there was some dancing, and it was terrible. Let me just say, it was terrible. Terrible, terrible. I think terrible. that dancing by default, if you're joyful while doing it, is not terrible. Anyway, I, I possible can, I, into I, the I vibe session. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Oh, God. That's a whole other thing. Half full, 65%. Half empty, 34%. <clears throat> 166 votes. Thank you all for showing up. I know it's a little bit confusing. Um, so uh, we, we are grateful that you tried. <laughs> we try. We try. All right. Yes. We're done. Drew, hit that sting. Charlton, whoever's in charge of this bleeping podcast, help us out. <laughs> All right, that is it for us today. And a quick programming note, we are going to start with our usual summer break next week. Uh, but Kai and a few other Marketplace voices are going to be back in your feeds the week after while I am still on vacation. And uh, yeah, hope you all enjoy. Yeah, so we will be off next week. I think we're going to slide something in the feed on Tuesdays. Otherwise, Monday through uh, Friday, we will be dark. While we're on break, though, help us out, would you? Looking for your answers to the Make Me Smart question. What is something you thought you knew but later found out you were wrong about? Record a, you know, the producers want a one-minute answer. I'm going to say a 40-second answer because I get to decide because I'm sitting in front of the microphone. Anyway, 40 seconds. Send it our way. What is something you thought you knew but later found out you were wrong about? And right now, Bridget, Marissa, and Courtney are like, what are you doing? Leave us a voicemail. 508-UB-SMART, uh, and we will get you on the pod. And also, don't forget to send us your songs about the economy. Don't oh, yeah. Them. Yeah. And we should do that, actually. When you get back, I will, I will tell you what my song was. Okay. Really Make so Me Smart is produced so by Courtney Bergseeker. Today's episode was engineered by Charlton Thorpe. Our intern is Neela Farshabandi. Drew Jostad wrote the theme music and hosted our game, Half Full, Half Empty. I'm very proud of my musical choice. The team behind Half Full, Half Empty is Emily Kuhn and Antoinette Brock. Marissa Cabrera is our senior producer, questioning our life choices right now. Bridget Bodner <laughs> is the director of podcasts. Also, same thing, thinking, what is she doing here? Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital and on demand in marketplace central we did it i don't know we did that was a chunky pod we all want to be our best selves but it can be an expensive journey from experimenting with alternative medicine i was working with a natural holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost to splurging on fast fashion I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.